Aloha, we have Jim Gibbons today with us. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing pretty good. And so, Jim, a lot of people know you by sight, but they don't know about you. And uh, you've got a, a, a very interesting history, uh, incredible background as uh, a journalist, an athlete, a poet, uh, you know, and I think you've got a family floating around and stuff. You've got a couple of sons out there. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to talk about stuff, you know, like in Hawaii, we call it, we, we say talk story. Right. So Jim, where'd you, where'd you grow up? You grew up in the Midwest, right? Yeah. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, uh, the brew, brew capital of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up on my dad gave me my first beer when I was 16 before dinner, because that's, you know, that's just the tradition of Paps Blue Ribbon. Oh, PBR. Yep. Yeah. And I've been having a, a, a few beers before dinner ever since, but I limit it. I'm, I'm, I tell people I'm half German, half Irish. So I'm a disciplined drunk. I stop at, <laughs> I stop at two beers. And, that's it. And, yeah. and being from the Midwest, you probably even know what three, two beer is. Oh yeah. It's, you know, make believe beer. Yeah. <laughs> It's the, it was back in the day, it was the Michelob Ultra of the day, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, the, I like the ales. I like the IPA. And that's what I, you know, I don't, that's my favorite beer now. So you grew up in Milwaukee. Where'd you go to high school? Custer High School. Custer. <laughs> Funny thing about Custer, we were the Custer Indians. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, God. And I, I, I didn't never thought about it, you know. But then when I was uh, back in the, in the 70s, apparently I graduated in, uh, in the 60s, but back in the 70s, I heard this story about a history teacher was telling the kids about, you know, Custer, you know, killed all these Indians and this story about General Custer. And they said, and he, so he wanted to change the name of the, of the mascot, the Indians from something else, you know. So it turned out that the school was really named after um, a local mayor uh, from years ago called Elmer Custer. <laughs> oh! And so, and so his 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 protest kind of fizzled. Oh just, well. Oh yeah. well. Hopefully they eventually did. Well, probably they probably didn't change the mascot name. No, they didn't. Not that uh, I know of. I haven't kept track. I the last time I went to Milwaukee was was my mom's funeral in two oh six, and. Uh, I don't, my sisters, we, we, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the black sheep of the family. You know? <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you briefly about me. I grew up in Chicago, so I know Milwaukee oh, well yeah, really. and used to go to the Milwaukee stadium to watch Cubs games because they used to actually play in that stadium in Milwaukee every once in a while. Yeah. And, the Braves. Yeah. And actually my high school no longer exists in Chicago. They ended up combining with another high school and stuff. Me and actually Mike Shashevsky, who's been the coach for Duke I've heard for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he was at the rival high school. He was at Weber High School and stuff. And they, both high schools no longer exist. So you're growing up in, how big was your family? You said you got a sister? Uh, I had four sisters and just me. I was right between them. 
too old or too younger. Yeah. And in, so. in, in high school, did you, uh, did you play, uh, did you play sports? Did you do any athletics? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I was a wrestler. I was on a wrestling team and I got really well known um, because I went, made it to state, even though I was, I wrestled two weight classes above my own. My coach, we had a big mandatory, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? We got all, all school gets together in auditorium, mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. Uh, what it is. Yeah. I mean, and he told them this story about how I, I weigh in at 120 and I ended up going to state at 133. So I, 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 I was doing really well against big guys because when I was growing up, I was a skinny little guy and big guys always picked on me. And I was, <laughs> I either, you know, got behind, knocked them down or something or just took off and they could never catch me. So I was also a runner. <laughs> but How yeah, did you, I, I, so you wrestled ahead. at 135 even though you weighed like 122? Yeah, I wrestled well. It was 120. Then they give you two, two, uh, 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 they give you a pound after New Year's, and then another pound or two to go to, when you go to state. So it ended up being 123. But I still only weighed about one. I didn't drop. I could have dropped down to 112. I was just a skinny guy. But uh, it turned out that the guy Kenny Mitchell was the returning state champ, and that's the reason I got so good is because I wrestled him all the time. He was smaller than me by about six, eight pounds, but he was so good. He ended up going to state twice and the winning state. And then his senior year, when I was a junior, he was only uh, second, he got beat in the finals. But oh, anyhow, wow. so, so I was well known. And I, I even um, I even became got on the prom because- um, oh, oh, were you were you prom king? Not king, no, uh, but I was on the court. I was one of the seven, six people on the court. Oh wow! I was well. I was you know like I got popular just because because I was a wrestler. And then my freshman year in college, I went to a small state college. Now it's a university called Whitewater between you know Whitewater between Milwaukee and Chicago. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Whitewater State College yeah, and I was a st I was undefeated and I won the state championship because I wrestled guys my own size and it was so easy to beat you know. <laughs> <laughs> And then the coach offered me a, a under the table scholarship, but I didn't want to go back there because I just, I had this girlfriend, but she, you know, that's blah, blah, blah. So anyhow, <laughs> I ended up going to the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and um, then I joined the track team. I was a wrestling team and a track team. And Was it, was it, a, was there a cross country team at the time? Because it wasn't yeah, really popular. It then. was. I went, I went out once. I didn't go out the first year, but then the second year, I went out and it kind of helped me in track. Um, but then I got into, um, you know, um, what's that called? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, just, let's say you know, the 60s and 70s. Well, yeah, I was, I guess it started, well, in 67. I ended up getting married in 1967 when I was like 22. Because, you know, I just wanted to live with this chick. And she said, oh, it'll kill my parents. Well, let us get married, you know, I just, I just, and it was crazy. So we ended up not, it didn't last very long, but a year and a half. We went to Europe together. We had a great time and uh, oh, wow. hitchhiked all around Europe, 60, summer of 68. You know, I mean, uh, it was a great experience. I always thought I'd go back, but I never did. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I was a little bit behind you because I'm younger. <laughs> Uh -huh. yeah, I traveled around the world a couple of times in uh, uh -huh. like 70, 
or 71, 72, 73 and stuff. So, but yeah. What was your, just for, did you have any, any focus or where you, what you were doing or? And you know, you can remember back in the day, uh, trekking was, was kind of the thing where we were doing a lot of backpacking and stuff. And it was, the deal was to go to, to go to Nepal, go to India, you know, and places, places like that. But back to you, did you ever use the trick that we used when we camped out in Wisconsin where during tick season, we would tell the girls that we needed to do a tick inspection. <laughs> no, no. I didn't even know about ticks in Wisconsin. I, for some reason, ticks were not something that, I didn't learn about ticks until uh, California. And, ah. and, and we had a different kind of tick. We didn't have Lyme disease ticks. We had these bigger ticks. Yeah. I'd always be picking them out of my dog and you know, yeah. picking them out. They were just, but anyhow. Uh, yeah, uh, Europe. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 I. What can I say? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You guys traveled around, and Europe, Europe is fun to go to. I mean, you know what I learned about coming back is um, when we came back, we, you know, we took LSD and just got kind of crazy, and I finally we just kind of split up, and I just had had enough, and that's when I hitchhiked to California, and that's where my book starts. Oh yeah. <laughs> flashback book starts it was just like uh hitchhike you know i backpack a hundred bucks and i went to california you know and it was just yeah. uh i just wanted to get out of milwaukee just hadn't had it you know but um well uh so so you got you got divorced you guys didn't have any kids so you know it was like no no yeah you know, you know it was a it was a uh teenage fling you might say well <laughs> we actually met in college at a fraternity party I joined this fraternity, uh, the Beta Chi's, and, and they were cool, athletes and stuff. And, you know, I was even one of their, up on my wall, I have this, uh, <laughs> this, it's not important, but because I was a, what, let me see what it Wait. was called. Let me look at it for Beta Yeah, that would be good. Best athlete. Oh, yeah. Beta Chi, best athlete award, because I was on a wrestling team. And the thing is, though, um, when the next semester started, I was only, it didn't last long. And here's a little story. When the next semester started, I had this friend, Bill Beck, a really cool guy. He happened to be black. But, you know, we would do stuff together. And he was just, he, his, his dad was a doctor. He's one of the few black guys in the white neighborhood. Really cool. And I, and I would go to the media and I, 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 he, I said he should join the Beta Chi, you know, because cool guys. So at the meeting to, you know, get him as a member. Yeah. Um, well, I hadn't thought about this for a while, but he, uh, they had all these excuses why they didn't want him. And I, I <laughs> finally I got up and I said, you guys, you know, this is bullshit, you know? Yeah. You know, Bill's one of the coolest guys, cooler than all you guys. And so, you know, as I, I said, I'm out of here. And they said, you can't leave the meeting. I said, watch me. And that was it. I just quit. Oh. Oh, very good. It you know, it lasted about a semester. I got, we had this hell week, you know, you go through all this stuff and, and they made us run, which I didn't mind at all. That was great. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. How far you want me to run? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, what, when you were running track and stuff, what, what were your distances? What would you run? Well, when I started as a pole vaulter. And oh, I was in high school. I was a pole vaulter. You know, I used to watch Don Bragg at meets, you know, walk around his hands and stuff. And I just loved, I thought it was so cool. 
but but I was in that transition. I had an aluminum pole. Uh-huh. And I heard about I, I went to I saw a meet in um with Don Bragg went against this guy, a skinny tall guy. Uh I can't think of his name. I it's in my book, but I find uh I can't think of his name, but um but um he went 16 feet and Don Bragg couldn't go, he was going 159 and a quarter, 159 and a half. You know, he was just you know, he'd have to do this whole power thing because he had an aluminum pole, you know. And fiberglass pole, the skinny guy goes, whoop. And oh, yeah. Flying over the bar. And the protest, they said, no, this is, you know, they accepted the, the and so he, he quit. He retired. And um, oh, Don Bright did after that? Yeah, that was his oh, last wow. 1960. I think it was 62, because I, I, I think my dad took me to this meet at, uh, at the uh, local arena. In Milwaukee, and uh, it was an indoor meet, and um, and I, I I haven't really done the history, and I didn't really, but I'm pretty sure that was the first time Sternberg, yeah, Sternberg. I think it was first time, first guy to go over 16 feet, um, and um, yeah, so I go to college, so I'm a pole vaulter in high school, so the, he gets a 180 pound test pole, and I should try this, so I'm a senior, and they're like. The thing that was nice about it, you put it, put it in the box and it doesn't go, it doesn't jam. It just kind of, and then, but it did not, you know, I, I, I went I 11 feet, 11, I, I could not go past 11, six. I just, I still had to do all that stuff. So then one day the coach says to me, a new coach, a running coach, assistant coach. He's, he said, hey, Jim, you're, you're, a, you're a half miler. I said, no, no, I'm a pole vaulter. <laughs> goes, no, no, I think you tried a half mile. I said, okay, I'll try it. And so I ended up, you know, wrestling goes into track. So I didn't, it was like Easter vacation before I really came out again for track. But um, I, I, I tried it and uh, we had a guy who was pretty good. And um, at the city meet, um, I was coming around and um, he he was fighting off this guy and fighting off this guy. And I was right behind him, kind of watching him. <laughs> and so he finished and I, I just kind of finished. And these guys are like, <laughs> they're all breathing a little hard. And the coaches, how come he didn't kick? I said, well, I was just, I don't know. I'm I was just watching those guys. <laughs> I didn't think about, you know, that I would win. It was a yeah. city. I ended up third in the city. And that was the story of my life. I've been third place most of the time. For the rest of my life, I've been third place, third place. But that's but still anyway. podium. That's still on the yeah. podium. I know. In my new book, which is uh, called um, "A Jog Down Memory Lane," yeah, there's a picture of me on a podium in third place. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is there? Yeah, yeah. But in um, your book, your book, book again is called "Flashback: A Journey to the Past." Yeah, I mean, actually, uh, like you said, I was a I was a journalist because in high school. I was on a wrestling team, right? And so uh, I go in and talk to the editor because we had, you know, we're on the wrestling team and we get, and they didn't, no one reported about it. It was a football, basketball. Yeah. yeah. And I go, hey, uh, you know, uh, what about wrestling? I says, well, how come you don't, he says, you want to do it? I said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I didn't, <laughs> I hadn't done any writing, but so I started doing it. And then next year I became sports editor. That was my junior. And, and then I went to college and same thing. I went and I, I was writing for the rest. And it's just kind of off and on thing, you know, and uh, I didn't think much about it, just a little journalism. But then when I um, 
when I went off to, uh, when I left Milwaukee and went to California, I got into poetry in high school. I'm in college, I got into poetry because I took a, I was an English major and I yeah. took a course in structural linguistics and I hated it. I hate <laughs> rules. <laughs> I just hate rules. And so I, I heard about this Barbara Gibson. She was a poet and a, she taught creative writing and poetry. And so I took a class. Ah, I just wrote anything silly. I get an A. I mean, this is, this is my, <laughs> what I want. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the deal we had sometimes was to sit up, uh, if you didn't like being in a classroom, talk to the professor, set up some outside credits that you can do so you can uh, do more creative stuff. That sounds great, what you did. Where'd you go to college? I actually went to Loyola in Chicago for a while, and then I went up to Minnesota and I graduated out of, uh, they call it Mankato University now, but back, back in the day it was Mankato State. English, combination English and uh, psychology major, so. Uh-huh, English, and that's a good combination. I was English and physical education, PE. PE. So why did you, why did you just up, I mean, you just wanted to get out of uh, the, the Midwest and stuff and travel and go west go west young man yeah, and yeah. and so you hitchhike did you have any uh, uh issues when you're hitchhiking probably not back then you know um no i i what one guy picked me up he had a an old, old jeep and it had this you know um the it was not, no windows it was like one of these you know, um what do you call it um Oh, open top and convertibles. Yeah, open, it, was just, it was cold all the whole way. We, we went from, God, we, we drove all the way through Nebraska. We, we, we went up to, uh, it got really cold. We went to uh, Denver and he said, oh, I, this is where he was going. He said, you know, you can crash in my place if you want. I said, that'd be great. And he had a roommate and his roommate said, hey, you, you, you don't want to hitchhike from here. I mean, it was already... Um, January, February, I think. He said, but you know, they have a student standby and just, you can go over and for 20 bucks, I got a standby flight from Denver to San Francisco. It was so, you know, I told me about hitchhike there, but accidentally hitchhiked yeah. to Denver. And so it was perfect. I come, I remember going around the Bay Area, just seeing Alcatraz and the Golden Gate Bridge. And cause I, the reason I went, one of the reasons was I had a friend from high school he was kind of a nerd, but he became a, became a computer guy. In fact, at University of um, Hawaii, he was, yeah. he was at one of the, uh, oh God, I forget which one, one of the uh, junior colleges, he was a computer, he took care of the computer program, but he's retired now. Yeah. But he's still yeah. living over there, Becker, Bill Becker. But I met him in the bar one night. He was just visiting his family for a death or something. And this is back in 69. So I go into hooligans, one of my favorite, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. There's a hooligans, there's a in San Francisco and a hooligans in Milwaukee. So they had 10 cent beers. Yeah. Good old days. And I go and I run into him and he says, Hey, I, I'm heading back to California. You should come, you should come visit. You'd like it. He says, I live in a little place called Waldo Point. It's just in Sausalito, just one, one of the gates. And so yeah. I ended up becoming one of the anchor outs, one of the water squatters. Oh, okay. about that in the first book. It was just, it was a great, great, great time. And I ended up, I bought this 
22 foot lifeboat for a hundred bucks. And I rigged it up. They helped me. I learned rigging and I, and I sailed it all around the bay and out the gate and back. Wait, this, this, is a, this, is a, this is a lifeboat that yeah, you converted to a sailboat. Yeah, I had, I had a guy weld a keel on the bottom. I put a bunch of concrete in the, for, for ballast. And I rigged it up and I built the cabins and all that stuff. And I called it, I have a picture on the front. Here's a picture of it. Can you see it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, perfect. Oh, that's it's called the cow pie. Cow pie. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I spent my summers in Wisconsin at the family farm. We had a family farm and, you know, I had a lot of fun. But um, so that's how I got to California. And um, I had another friend who had a brother in San Francisco and when I showed up there, I went there first, you know, um, because that's where the plane landed. And so I, I spent a couple of nights in his, he had a little warehouse on 10th Avenue or something. Wow. And he was, he was making some kind of drugs. I don't know. What he's doing. But one day he said, hey, before you leave, he said, I'll give you 20 bucks if you take my car and deliver this package to Oakland. Oh, great. <laughs> Yeah, and I said, oh, uh, where? And he said, well, just make, here's the address. Just make a right turn when you get off the Oakland Bay Bridge. <laughs> I go, okay. So it was a, turned out to be a, a Cadillac, <laughs> a black Cadillac. And so it was a you know, black neighborhood. So I, I pull up to this neighborhood and I, I see the thing and I go up to the door and a couple of black guys in there and they were real friendly and everything. And they, how are you doing? You know, good. I gave them the package. I didn't have to get any money because I guess that was worked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So then I said, okay, see ya. So I left and there was a black guy sitting in the car. I didn't lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get in and say, what's Did up? And he goes, yeah, he says, oh, a nice car, man. I just wanted to you know, say hi, you know, just see how, you know, it's cool. And he was friendly and he's oh, I said, okay, you need a ride somewhere? I said, no. Um, so I got out and I just said, wow. So I turned around and decided, I think I'll go to Sausalito. <laughs> that was my San Francisco. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I mean, I could still remember back in the day walking the streets of San Francisco. I, I had a friend too, and actually his brother Barry Bertram lived in Sausalito, but Bob was up in Fairfax. But I'd be walking down the street of downtown San Francisco and I, I, I guess I had to look, but people would, guys would wa walk up to me and go, you need any drugs? <laughs> you need to really? buy anything? Oh, yeah. All wow. the time. And it was a mix of black people and white people. You know, it was just like I just had. And even back then, I don't know about you, but I would always look at people and say hi. You know, you know in Hawaii, it's always, you know, everyone's friendly. But back then, I don't really. I mean, it's around the gates, you know, if I knew someone, but, you know, some of them say hi to people because they're in the gates. But, um, yeah. That... What's, what's that old bar that's in downtown Sausalito? Gosh, I can't remember. No the name. name bar. The no... no the no name bar. It was next to the Tides bookstore where I worked. I got a job in a Tides bookstore. And it was great. All kinds of people would come in there, you know, like uh, Richard Brodigan would come in and check if his books were selling, you know, it's all, oh, no, they're doing great. He didn't really want to talk. He was kind of, I, I heard that he was, and Gary Snyder came in and he, I had a book published from a friend in Milwaukee called Prime the Pump. Huh. My friend Becker would say, let's prime the pump. I meant, I meant have a beer, you know? Yeah, yeah, beer. Yeah. And um, so 
you know, these well-known people, a lot of them, I, I, they, I didn't really know. I knew they're like, like one time, Professor Erwin Corey comes through the door. Remember, he was standing there. Erwin Corey, yeah. He goes, I go, I said, Professor, I, should, I shouldn't have said anything. I just should have let him come in. I said, Professor. And he said, this ain't no bar. And he turned around and walked out. <laughs> it was I one go, door off. But Gary Snyder came in and bought it several books, including mine. Oh, wow. And I said, wow. I said, Gary, uh, I, I, I got to ask you, um, wh why did you, this is my book, and why did you pick it? And he, he opened it up, and I had a quote of his in the, starting in the book. He said, oh, yeah, I like this quote. And I, said, <laughs> I said, hey, uh, would you like to go for a sale while you're down here? Uh, he said, oh, I got to head back. I'm building a house up in um, Nevada City just outside and he said but if yeah. you're, ever, you're ever in a neighborhood stop in so uh three four years later my friend chris was going up to uh nevada in the area to get some poles you know for spars and stuff he yeah had a big flatbed truck so I said, hey yeah. let's i'll go with you let's go and we can stop and see gary snyder so we, we I, I find a place that's right past this buddha place this uh i forget what it's called but we drove down this path, this road, and, uh, and there, there was Gary Snyder and his Japanese wife and a really beautiful building with the, the Japanese kind of architecture. Yeah. And he's like, who's this guy? And he comes walking up and Ellen Ginsberg was there. <laughs> and I, I, had met, one, yeah. I had met them both in Milwaukee at Barbara Gibson. She used to have poets come by to, for readings and stuff. And then they'd stop at the house and she'd invite some of the local poets over. But I, you know, so I, I got to, I talked to Gary and I, and then Ellen uh, Ginsburg showed us around oh, and wow. it was kind of cool. But then, you know, then, then we go to uh, we, his, um, his, I forgot what he called it. It's in my book. <laughs> I have to read my book again. Remember this yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> but he, he said, oh, you got to take your shoes off. I had boots on. I said, oh, no, I, can't. I don't want to do that. I said, we got to go. I said, nice, thanks a lot. You know, and I, I left, but it was cool to meet these people. And, you know, another guy was Shel Silverstein. Oh, Shel, yeah. And, he, and I said, man, I really like, you know, uh, your, your uh, the, the big hit that, you know, oh, now I have to remember what it is. The big hit. Oh, there, I met the other guy who wrote, How Can I Miss You When You Won't Go Away, which I thought was really good. Um, he lived <laughs> in the was, He was featured in like Playboy magazine and a lot of-, lot but, of Yeah, but Shel, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shel Silverstein, he-, he and he, the next time I saw him after I gave him my book, he said, hey, you know, I'm having some of the local writers over Friday night. So, you know, he said, um, stop by, you know, I said, oh, OK, OK. So on my way over there, I ran into this chick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this chick your future wife? <laughs> no, no. In fact, there were a lot of chicks back then. Some of the best stories I can't write about. Okay, one story I I, I wrote, but I said no, I can't I can't publish that because I have grandchildren, or I'm going to have grandchildren. <laughs> it's called you know it was um, the sound of <laughs> and our apology our apologies to the women that we know and in, in using the term chick. We really. Oh, that was back in the day, you know. That was back in the day, and the and actually a good term, even that some ladies friends of mine that do in races is where they beat the guys in races. The term is you got chicked. Oh yeah, 
One of those is Sylvia. She lives down the road. And that was the saddest thing on New Year's last year. This yeah, year. that's, that's Sylvia. still real tough. She was incredible. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she used to go awesome. by with her, with her kid on her bikes. Yeah, with Tiffany. And I'd ride with him sometime because I used to go to uh, Tutu's house. And so I'd ride with him on the way. And when I heard about that, I was coming home at New Year's. I was at one of the film festivals, you know, and yeah. I was coming home and I, and they, they tried to make me go up a pillow road and all the way around. I said, no, I live right there, you know? I live, you know, just uh, a block down from Merriman's. And, yeah. um, and I saw this, this was an accident down there. And it turned out that she got run over by some guy who I guess fell asleep at the wheel or something. He yeah. It was, yeah, it was the family they were fishing all night and he fell asleep and stuff oh, yeah, yeah that's that's still a tough tough uh loss for all of us especially yeah. and she she chicked me many times oh yeah she used oh, to right. like it the uh, uh she could check you running backwards she, yeah, she, not, not the uh, the, H, the hpa run you know the beanie Kohler run you know which was yeah. it's the track run she would she know. would she would run past me and slap me on the butt. <laughs> I was like, I felt honored, certainly. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm not sure if she beat me because I didn't do too many of the longest. I used, to, I pretty much ran five Ks. Yeah. So in but, San Francisco, when you were uh, you know working at the bookstore and stuff, were you doing any races back then? No, I did not start running till. So I, I dropped out, right? So now we're I was at the books working at the bookstore in seventy seventy one. And then I quit the bookstore because uh, a friend wanted me to help him build his boat. And so I quit the bookstore because they, they asked if I wanted to have a permanent, a full-time job uh, as a uh, paperback dealer, uh, paperback, whatever they're called. And I said, Representative, you know, I said, yeah. yeah, I said, every day, I, I really don't want to work for, for full-time. You know, I was having too much fun, you know? Um, so I, I declined and then I just quit, you know, and then, the, the, he, he didn't, the, the, the job didn't come through with him. So I got uh, unemployment and I was still hanging around. And then uh, I met this chick <laughs> and we ended up having a couple of kids, Yvonne. Yeah, um, we oh. didn't really get married. She wanted to get married and I didn't want to because I had been married and I said, I don't want to, but I, you know, looking back, I should, well, actually it was a good move because I- Yeah, well, but, I mean, that was, that was more common than people realize back yeah. in the day i mean it was kind of like that's that's what we did you know a lot of people had relationships i still know people to this day who have relationships they've been with somebody for 10 years 15 years and they're not married and really there's no reason to do it if you don't want to do it yeah yeah that's you know but um yeah but that reminds me what we were saying before one of the one of the articles was uh, the sound of one <laughs> I just forgot what it was again. Okay, I'm gonna forget that one. Um, uh, okay. Okay. So anyhow, um, so after you uh, you quit the bookstore and you were helping a friend up in the canyons build a house and. No, well, actually, uh, we, I quit the bookstore and then I wasn't really uh, doing much. I had a little money in a bank, so I was just kind of hanging out, you know. The sound of one clap handing. That was, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got, I ended up getting the clap, you know, got I me mean, three times and it got really old. And then I met this 
woman in the summer. I had a friend who has uh, who was a mechanic in Mill Valley. He said, uh, "Hey, there's this uh, chick. There's this woman who uh, her car broke down uh, down her pass, and she needs. I had a truck, a pickup truck, yeah. and she needs a, to get her truck down here so I can work on it. It was, I mean, she had a Volkswagen bus, and I had oh. a, and I had an old old Chevy pickup truck." So I said, oh, I, got, I can do that. So I drove up there and I, I met her. And then uh, I said, you know, it's getting kind of late in the afternoon. So I think we should probably spend a night here. Yeah. So we spent a night. So I, I'm, we're laying out there, a campfire, you know, and um, I don't know if we had a campfire, but we're camping, we're, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. She, GWs are great. Yeah, yeah, great. And so she, um, she said, well, um, I'm gonna to go to bed. Um, so, uh, do you uh, are you afraid of bears? And I go, um, you know, manly Jim says, no, I'm not afraid of bears. You know, <laughs> and so she gets in her bus, and uh, I'm laying there thinking, what, 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 why did I say that? I think if I was afraid of bears, she'd let me sleep with her. Yeah. So, so I thought about it, and then I went over and I knock, knock. I said, I've decided I'm afraid of bears. <laughs> oh, dude. So we, were, we were together since then. And um, yeah, so. And you're here in Hawaii, right? She's, she, we're not together anymore. We, were, we, we had a great 10 year run, but then uh, a friend's 21 year old daughter seduced me. So what can I say? Oh, jeez. <laughs> So um, then, you know, we, we kind of, I had two kids at the time. Yeah. And uh, boys, right? We, we, two boys, but yeah. we, we really, we really, um, we still got along. We took, you know, I had the kids on every weekend and, you know, um, so it was, you know, and I kind of thought, you know, I, I think a 10, I think, a, why don't, how come they don't have 10 year marriages or 15 or 20 year marriages? Why, why is it to life? You know, it's it like too much, you know, because a 10 year, we had a great 10 year run, but now, you know, I'm ready for something else, you know? So, so yeah. uh, but you still weren't doing any runs and stuff because there's a lot oh, of, yeah. Okay. So, there. so I, I, so, so I was back, I was building cabins and stuff and doing carpentry. Yeah. And then in 1977, when I, my second, she was, she was, uh, he, my second son was born and I, and seven, yeah. So I decided that uh, as soon as I found out she was pregnant, I decided, you know, I wasn't really, you know, we're, I thought it's time to get a real job, plug it yeah. back in. Yeah. Cause I had dropped out, you know? So, so I, I, um, I went down to Sonoma state and I, I planned to, you know, it turned out that, I, I dropped out of Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin and all I needed was one credit to graduate. And I dropped out and I didn't go back. I didn't go, I didn't go back to class in, in, you know, when class started in January of 1969. So you just needed one credit to get your degree and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So back, I, 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 I had everything. I had everything but French. I needed to take French. <laughs> and I was Not taking, I, was, I didn't, I took French because, you know, someone said, oh, you, if you're an English major, you gotta have French. And I go, okay, so I take French. I hate it when people give me advice. <laughs> and it turned out I hated French, but my French teacher was really cute. She was a TA. 
pretty blonde. And so she had me over one night to help me because I had trouble. I said, I got to. And so we, you know, we were, we were studying over a glass of Merlet <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up having an affair. And I thought to myself, you know, I, 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 I don't need this. I got to get out of here. And so Did that's when I decided. So she passed me. That was important. Oh, wow. She passed me. I got a C minus. She passed me. And I would have flunked, you know, but but then when the classes started again, I just couldn't, I just couldn't go and I could do it. And so so that's when I decided I've had it, you know. So um I kind of hung around. Barbara Gibson let me stay at her place for a while and I just kind of hung around. And I didn't want Judy was the blonde, and I just I I I Finally, I just, I got to get out of here. So I, I, that's when I just decided to go to, uh, to California. So, um, but then so in, that's credit. You, you didn't finish that. And so you decided though, that as you're getting more responsible, you know, as your second boy was being born, you went back to get your teaching degree. Yes. I went back to Sonoma state. I went to Sonoma state in, uh, 77, see, I, I went and talked to them in 76. And so in 77, they had a three semester thing, but I, 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 since they only, I found out I only needed one credit and all you need at, in California is, you have to take California history, which is a two credit class. So I took California history and the rest were just for educate, for getting my teaching credential. So I just did that in one semester. And the next semester I did my, uh, uh, student teaching at a El Molino High School, which is just uh, oh, yeah. west of Santa Rosa, back in California. Yeah, yeah I know where that I, is. I, and I spent my 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 days. I, I rented a room for fifty bucks a yeah. month, and because I, I would just be there from, uh, you know, I'd, I'd show up there Sunday night and I'd leave. You know, I was cutting out. I was pretty much cutting my classes on Friday, heading out Thursday night, and actually I had a uh, I had a girlfriend. I used to. Been every Thursday night was spent with her. She lived in Fairfax. Yeah, yeah, I know Fairfax. Yeah, I know you mentioned it before. Almost to Lagunitas, it was somewhere between yeah. Fairfax and Lagunitas. So um, that worked so out pretty good. Degree, you got your teaching credential and stuff. Where'd you I start? Actually, where'd you start? And I needed a part-time job, so I ended up being assistant coach for um, assistant wrestling coach for the guy in um, El Molino. Uh, forget his name. And so I, 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 you know, I coached, and so I, that was enough money just trying to get by. Yeah. And, and then when I when I uh, graduated in um, January of '78, I had a cleaning job at a hospital. Someone gave me, and then I yeah. did that, and then we started a continuation high school in Willits. And um, you know, I. I taught there for uh, five years before, and I was coaching the cross country team at the high school. Oh. So I, um, I would, um, I wanted to go to high school. And so I ended up, um, I was ready to go to get transferred to the high school and at the last minute because in teaching, that's all about, you know, uh, what they call it, uh, how oh, long you've been teaching. Yeah, yeah, tenure, yeah. Tenure thing, well, yeah, yeah. So I, um, so at the last minute, they stuck me in sixth grade at the middle school there. Ooh. I write about, I write about all this stuff. That's how I remember it. But uh, the sixth grade, it was a hell of a deal. They, the, 
they had kids bouncing off. So the, the, the fifth grade teachers would, would decide what teachers to send their kids to. And all the fifth grade teachers knew I was at continuation school, which was for troubled kids, pretty much. Yeah. Girls who were pregnant or whatever, you know, kids, yeah. kids who were t- part-time jobs. And, you know, so we got, we started getting a lot of, uh, a lot of kids there. It was really became popular. But anyhow, so after five years there, they, they, the kids that I got in the class were just crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, five kids bouncing off the wall. Uh, sixth grade is 11 and 12 year olds where they're, yeah. oh, everything's man. kicking in there. Oh man. You know, the worst time of year is uh, Halloween. <laughs> because <laughs> they, come, As we're they have all that sugar and they come to class. And uh, oh, anyhow, uh, so um, after a, a, one year there, I got finally got to go to high school. And um, I finally, you know, after, after that, I had had it. I just, uh, I've had enough teaching, you know. Yeah, burned out, yeah. So, so I got burned out. So I went for about seven years then, right? Five years. Yeah, ago. seven years. So I quit teaching and um, went back into doing carpentry and stuff. And then a friend, a good friend said, hey, you know, I was staying with this friend. I had gone to Mexico with him. And uh, when I came back, uh, I was needed a place to stay. So I had this friend who's this woman who uh, she broke up with her old man. And she said she had, he had built a, a, a house that needed to be fixed up. And she's like, let's stay there. Perfect. You know? so I, perfect. So and then um, she was growing some weeds, some marijuana. What? And, uh, yeah. And so, well, that was pretty popular back then in Mendocino County. <laughs> what do you mean back then? <laughs> Well, I know, but it's gotten crazy. I don't want to like legal now. Uh, yeah, but it's gotten it's that's a whole nother story. That's another interview. But I will tell you that a friend of mine had 10, 10 um, small plants that he said he I could have. And so Neva said, um, my friend, uh, I said, I've got 10 plants. I want to just well, put, go up in the ridge because I have this space here. And yeah, yeah. So up on the ridge, she she got didn't get enough sun because of all this forest. Yeah. This is this is the edge of the of the uh, of a redwood forest, but up on the ridge it was got sun all day and they just grew mighty. Ten yeah. plants gave me twelve pounds and twelve <laughs> pounds at two thousand two hundred dollars a pound. I did okay. Let's see, the, the statute of limitations has already passed, so you're okay. okay, okay. Yeah, no, but I did, legally, I, was, I did um, pay my taxes, but I just said it was carpentry. I actually yeah. done carpentry, but, you know, I wasn't getting paid for that, so it seemed like a perfect, you know, but it worked out really well, and it's, I got this stuff, and I, I read about that in my book, too, of course. <laughs> so and, well, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 20, this one came out in 2017. The new one came out a couple of weeks ago. But oh, is it is it is it titled differently, or is it the same? Yeah, title? yeah. Here, here's the other one. Except this is the proof copy, and so oh. they put a line right in front of my. This is yeah. my grandchild, who was four at the time, and my son Riley, at the Willits Classic, a race I started in 1981. So now Willits, it, it, was it a, a Montessori school or 
Um, what, what was the program at Willits? This, where I taught, it was called a continuation school. Charter schools came later, but oh. they had continuation schools, you know, to continue, you know, people can go back to school if they dropped out or whatever. Yeah, we had, all, we had a great hodgepodge of different kinds of people. So, some, some girls would bring their kids to school, the babies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you only had to go three hours a day, 15 hours a week. You could do it any day. You go six hours one day, you know, but it was, most kids came in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. So it was, um, and it was, it was a great job because uh, in the afternoon of two, three, four kids. And, yeah. And it was well, just, you'd organized a race then. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Well, I, I, I started. So in 77, when I was, while I was going to college at, at, at um, Sonoma State, I had time between classes and, you know, I, I kind of was thought Frank Shorter and Bill Rogers, I read about these guys and I thought, I, I, I want to get in shape. You know, I was now 32 years old, getting old. Uh, and so, <laughs> so I, I started running between classes and um, I really liked it. And um, so I, I ran my first race in Willits. They had a, they started the hospital run and, and then uh, they had a, they had a 4th of July family foot race. Yeah. And um, the hospital run, this high school kid, Teddy Smith beat me. He had been the <laughs> league champ. He was really good. And he just left us all. And what I say in my book in the, in the dust and cow manure, because <laughs> the cow pies. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, well, in Willits, it's a cowboy. It's like, it's very much like Waimea, Paniolo. It's the cowboys. They have a rodeo every year. It has a lot of similarities. The cowboys, Willits is a cowboy town. You know, a lot of kids, a lot of people, you know, jeans and boots and stuff and horses and yeah. yeah um, but um, so um, where was so all, all, the, all those races and stuff that you were doing, most of those you were probably even at, I imagine at 32, you were still winning. No, I, I just started third, there, so third. That's right. My first race. Okay. My first race was, you know, I was just in the middle of the pack. And then I started running more seriously. I met this guy who were running more seriously. And so three months later, well, May, June, July, where the 4th of July foot race with this guy, he was soccer coach. He started this race. It would start and end right, right before the parade, which was a great, and all the people would lined up on the streets and you'd finish. That's perfect. And so I was running with my friend, Howie Hawks, who was a runner. And so T Teddy Smith, takes off again and we're, we're coming around and, and he says, hey, Jim, look at his head. It's about a half mile to finish, it's a two mile race. By half mile of finish line, his head's bobbing back and forth. He says, go get him, Gibbons, go get him. Yeah. I said, okay, so I take off and I pass him on Main Street and I win. And I won it five years in a row. Yeah. But the next year in 81, one of the years, 78, 79, 80, 81, the fourth, yeah, in 81, I, I ran this, this, these guys started a new race in Redwood Valley, which is just north of uh, Ukiah in Mendocino County. Yeah. And he, uh, he started this race called the Resolution Run just after New Year's at 15K. And I, I won that. And they asked me if, I, if, you know, if they want to have another race in Willits. And I said, oh, there's a great, the Willits Valley is a, it's like a 10 mile loop. It's perfect. Yeah. So we started, I started the Willits Classic. Well, they actually uh, came up and helped me, but I became the race director. And then I was race director for that for like 
till about 94 when I turned 50 and I wanted to do more uh, races around the country and stuff. Were, yeah, didn't you, uh, weren't you actually writing for a newspaper then too? Oh yeah, uh, in 82, um, I was asked to, to do, uh, I was writing stuff and, I, and I, 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 I would go to races and write about them. And so the editor asked me if I want to do a column. And so I had a footnotes column. I did that for several years and I changed it to later. I, you know, I didn't want to do it every, every, every week, every week. They paid me, but I just, so I started doing um, sports notes, different things. I just, whenever I wrote something, I would send it to them and put it in, but it wasn't every week. You know, well, that's, um, a, that's a great name for a column, though, about running footnotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so people really like the column. The best compliments I got were people would say, hey, I'm not a runner, but I really enjoy reading your column. And I thought, I, that's great, you know. And so that's kind of like my book, A Jog Down Memory Lane. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think people who aren't runners would like the book. And I use one of those quotes. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, well, so that- I, I, I'm supposed to get my copies next week. Oh, okay. So they'll be available. And your, your books are av- available on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I, the first one, um, my flashbacks is a memoir. If you go online, you'd be confused if you see Timothy Leary has another, has a book called Flashbacks. <laughs> well, you guys have similar stuff. Yeah, his is an autobiography. Mine's a memoir. Very different. <laughs> Do um, you know that Tim actually, when he was in prison, he actually um, trained, uh, uh, he ran and stuff so that he could become a fast runner because he figured, oh, take it I'm easy, everybody. The water went down. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Tim, so, Timothy very random. He, he, when he was in prison, he actually trained to run because he was, he was thinking about escaping and he thought he'd have to run from the police or run from whoever was chasing him and stuff. So he was a, a bit of a runner and stuff and everything. But yeah, that's back in the day when you, you really, you, you were open to experimentation with a lot of different things, shall we yeah, say. Yeah. Whether it was running or, or uh, substance stuff. I've and, taken everything. I've taken, well, not everything. I've been taking, ex- I stopped doing all that stuff years ago, but, <clears throat> but I remember taking LSD. I shot heroin. Yeah. Heroin is a great drug. I loved it. I loved heroin it so much. Is- I decided I'm not going to do this anymore. But when I'm old and on my deathbed, I, I want heroin. <laughs> you know, people don't understand that there's a reason people become addicted to heroin because it's so good. Yeah, this Oxycontin thing. I mean, it's like I, I, um, I've been I've had some because, you know, legal legally. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked it, but I'm not about to, you know, I mean, it's fun, everyone. It's nice to just, I, I tried mushrooms the other day. A friend had some mushrooms. I tried it. I just wanted to change my mind. In fact, there was a book I really like. It's called How to Change Your Mind. Uh-huh. That I read and I really liked it. It was by that guy. Um, I, I have it in the other room, but I forget his name, but How to Change Your Mind. Really interesting. Talked about the whole LSD thing and and they just... Oh, that's all. I used to talk to Ellen Watts. You back in back to Cal- back to California, back to 1969. My first job there in California in Sausalito was a friend. There was a there was a boat. The, the uh, Ellen Watts shared a boat, the Vallejo, with an artist who was really well did well. He, he was French. He, 
he, he, he knew his name was Varda, Jean Varda, and they called him Yanko. And, he, and he, he did all kinds of like, my job was to clean up after him. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I, and so I'd go there in the morning for about nine o'clock and at noon, he'd have these people over from all over. It was always at least six to 10 people for lunch. They'd bring food and they'd have wine. And I'd, I was invited to join them. And then, then um, my job, this was a tough job. My job after everyone left was to sit outside and make sure no one bothered uh, Barda while he took his nap. Oh, great. And so Ellen Watts lived in the other half of the boat and he would come and, and out. Ellen is a, a coach, right? She was a running coach. coach? Oh no, Ellen Watts was a famous East meets West Zen guy. You know, oh, you know, Ellen Watts. Yeah, Ellen, yeah, yeah. A-L-A-N. Sure. Yeah, Ellen Watts. Oh, okay. He was, he was, built, he was, he was writing his uh, memoir. Uh, I think it's called, Is This It? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I read some of his books back in, in Milwaukee, uh, East meets West. And, he's, and, and they still have a, I, I, there's a website, Ellen Watts website. But you know, he he it was it was just you know to be, to be able to talk to him every day. He'd come take a break and come and talk about stuff. Talk about I thought that was before they took lead out of the gasoline, and you could look over from her from his boat and see the San Francisco, and it was just like you know fog. It yeah, it wasn't fog. You know, it, it wasn't was, fog. It was more like bog. That's well, the same thing. In, the same thing in Denver too. Back in those fog. days. Or we just sit on the yeah, city. Yeah. And that was, was the, that was the great thing about, you know, California back then is you would be in a room with people that you'd go, wait a minute, isn't he some, isn't he a writer or wait, isn't he a, didn't he go the, to the Olympics and isn't he like a Senator, you know, doesn't he <laughs> go to, you know? Yeah. It's, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, I used to tell people these stories and uh, they'd say, oh, she write that down. Ah, <laughs> and so and finally, uh, I had this, I had this, there was a newspaper in California called the Anderson Valley Advertiser. It's a weekly newspaper. Isn't it known by like, isn't it known by like AVA? Yes, it, the AVA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, almost all my stuff in both books has been, have, has, and, and whenever I want to finish, I just send it to the AVA. When I had my column back in California, back in the Willits, my column, my uh, weekly column, one day he, he would take he would take my columns and put them in his newspaper. He really liked my writing. He liked my sports stuff. And so one day, the editor said, "Jim, you can't. We're paying you, and you and you're selling your stuff to the AVA, and you can't. We can't allow you to do that." I said, "I said, look at the dates." Lillian, look at the dates. My column comes out on Friday. His paper, the following Wednesday is, that's when my, he steals it. He takes oh, it. Yeah. He just takes it. And that was, yeah, you know. Not me. So, I'm just giving it to you guys because you're paying me. And so then she, 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 she checked it out. And a couple of weeks later, she apologized. But, um, <clears throat> but so anyhow, how'd you, he, how, why did you end up, uh, I mean, you had a great life in California. Very interesting. Everything happening there and then what per why did you start heading to hawaii uh, you know i first came here in 81 to run a honolulu marathon 
But of course, yeah. then I had knee problems and I already paid for a ticket. So I came anyhow and I, I just ran a few last few miles with uh, the first woman who, uh, Anello, I forget her name, but she was Sacramento. I'd, I'd met her before. And so um, then I came back in 86 and I write about that in my new book, um, 86 with my kids and just hung out and we just had a great time and I really liked it. And I was, I had a little, little apartment in, in uh, called, um, it was called uh, Hamburger Hill because it's above McDonald's. Oh yeah, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the big island here, yeah. Yeah, 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 right here. That's where I am now, right? That's where we are now, yeah. <laughs> so, so I really liked it and I had a couple of friends that lived in Pune and um, so then I left and I went back to California and because I wanted to be with my kids. I would have stayed here in 86, but you know, I didn't want to leave my kids and yeah. so, uh, and I bought this property. It was uh, with another guy, uh, 23 acres, about 10 miles out of town. And so that but was an 80. My man here or down in Pune? I bought the property in California. I went back to my kids in California, back with my kids to California in 86. And then I bought this property in California. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I lived then in California from 86 to 2009. What happened was, this is kind of ugly, but um, I, I, I wrote about it and it is in my new book. But anyhow, what, basically what happened was my son was murdered. Oh. My youngest son was murdered and he's on the cover with his, and that was the last photo of him and her together of him. Oh. That was in 2008. And when that happened, I just, I had to be there in two, 2009 for the uh, trial. Oh. The guy got, he broke into his house. Riley was, you know, washing dishes and his, his girlfriend and the kid and Kyra were in bed. And it was like midnight, they yeah. figured midnight or so. And Riley was listening to music and just, washing dishes or something in the kitchen and he didn't lock the door. So this guy yeah. walked right in. What happened earlier that evening, Riley, um, there was a, he knows I'm a basketball fan, Warriors at the time. Yeah. And he said, uh, hey dad, why don't you stop, stop over? He lived in town. And uh, with my, I got a couple of friends coming, you know, stop over and watch a game with us. And I said, well, I really want to go. You know, I had TV at home and I was, you know, yeah, I had to water yeah. my plants. Yeah. So um, I, um, I went home and then at three in the morning, I got a phone call. His girlfriend's screaming. She woke up in the middle of the night wondering where he was and walked out there and he was lying in a pool of blood. Apparently the uh -huh. guy came and stabbed him back about 10 times. Yipes. Because what happened, Riley had, he had around, around I guess 10, 11 o'clock, he had gone to Circle K to yeah. buy some, he had friends still over. I don't know what time it was really. It, friends said um, they had um, they needed beer, I guess. So he went to buy some beer, and um, and he ran into the guy, and the guy was his girlfriend was a was a hostess at the local at a local uh, eatery, a local yeah, uh, like a pancake house. restaurant. Yeah, you take you know the, uh, and. Um, he was, this guy had been bothering her. He was a dishwasher, but he'd been bothering her. And um, 
So, so Riley comes in and, and the guy's in line at the Circle K and Riley, he says something to Riley that pissed him off. So Riley just knocked him into this display counter and then he ran out and he just left uh. and went home. So this guy, so they called the cops and Riley was gone, but the guy was, he was a little bit drunk. Yeah. And they talked to him and they let him go home because it, he wasn't driving, let him walk, walk it off. So he walked home, he lived about six blocks away from Riley. So apparently he went in bed with his girlfriend and she fell asleep. He, he got up and took a butcher knife and walked back to Riley's house. I don't know, it's so weird. That's, and that's... walked right in the door and just stabbed him to death. And I was just so, it was just, that's... you know, it was amazing. So I, I just, you know, what can I say? It's like, uh, oh, it's so I, tragic. Um, huh. it, was, it was awful. And uh, the guy got 25 years to life with uh, with a possibility of parole. Are you kidding me? Yeah, really. And anyhow, so um, that pretty much I'd had it with Willits. Yeah, I could, I could see you. Why you were. <laughs> My wife wanted out. I had married someone in 93, finally. She had never been married. And I really, I really, Susan, she was really, uh, um, I, I say that she, we were, we were married for 25 years and she died in 2018 of uh, cancer. Oh. So, um, but yeah, I dedicate the book to both Riley and Susan and That's... my sister, my sister who also died, my younger sister. Uh, so, so your, yeah. your sister, three of your sisters are still alive then. Yeah. Yeah. And you have what your one boy is, is still in California. Yeah. Uh, Eli's done really good. He's, he's, he's got two kids, two grandchildren. He lives in San Diego. Yeah. And I, usually every year I go visit, but this year uh, I haven't because of yeah. the COVID thing. Yeah. yeah. But, and he's, um, got, he's got kids too. So you're a grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a grandfather. Well, also Kyra is a grandchild. She's yeah, Riley's 15 already. Holy. Eight, she was four. Um, so yeah. So, and, she, and she's doing good. Her, uh, her mom hooked up with after Riley's death, she, at some point she hooked up with one of Riley's buddies and, um, uh, so they're doing good. They're they're in Willits, and um, yeah, isn't it isn't it weird how you turn around and all of a sudden they're grown up? I mean, yeah, yeah, you, they're four years old. Next thing you know, they're sixteen or twenty. I know, I know. I, I had her come out to Hawaii. She loved it. In fact, she wants to go to school here. Uh, you know, and uh, she when she graduates in two years. So I hope this COVID thing is gone. I said that'd be great. You know, I could. So, so uh, you know, obviously California, you know, you needed to get out from California. So you came here and was it, eight, uh, you first came, or you came here in the eighties and stuff, but then when did you move permanent to here? Well, actually my wife left first. She was impatient. She wanted, I had taken her to, Calif to uh, I'd taken her to Hawaii in the nineties. She really liked it. We traveled all around, hung out 95, 96. And in fact, in 99, I bought a condo in Waikiki Oh, wow. My son said, hey, dad, you know, yeah. So I bought this. It was 137,000. Uh, the um, median price at the time was 130. Yeah, 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 back so, in the day. Um, so then my wife, but she didn't like, she wanted to be in, on the big island. She liked the big island. We had traveled all around camp and she, 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 she thought it was a better place because there's, she had this thing about, she used to read, um, 
this guy who used to write about the long emergency and she used to she used to always talk about the long emergency. I call it the wrong emergency, the long <laughs> emergency. I mean, this is really, she didn't expect it to be uh, like, like this, but this would not have surprised her because she was kind of, and she decided, you know, so she sold her place and, and she wanted me to come. And I just, I said, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to come. You know, I just want, I built my own house from, yeah. from just, I, I, I had a friend cut these four fir, big fir trees down. Another guy came with his portable sawmill and did all, and I just built, I had a few friends helping me and I built this house. And I, I if it was here, it'd be a million dollar house. But there, yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't, I'm part owner with a guy who didn't, doesn't want to sell his half. And he doesn't, we had kind of had a falling out because he doesn't really want to uh, meet. He'd, he'd meet these people that were interested and then he'd say, ah, oh, you know, and then, and so no one wants to buy in with someone they don't, that does, isn't friendly. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And it's kind of weird. It's always weird when you go in with somebody to buy yeah, anything. And it's really. in common, bad, bad idea. Don't yeah. even family. I heard about, read about this and talk, you know, read, even family um, have breakups because of the, the tenants thing. Tenants oh, I, I, I had friends that bought a condo together in Aspen. And it was like, they weren't married. They were in a relationship. And I just went, not going to end good. <laughs> it's just not going to work out. And it didn't. They're, st they're still okay and everything. But it's like, yikes. So you, made, you, made, you eventually made the transition because your wife wanted to be here on the big island. So she left. She left um, four days before my son was murdered. Oh. She left. Which is, I thought, I, was, I thought it was good that she had, wasn't here for it. But she used to call me like, every couple of days and just talk, but she, she left and came to, came to, rented a, a little uh, place, uh, or she would stay in a, a hotel because she had cash and just wanted to just buy yeah. something. And so she went around to uh, Honoka and, and she went to Waimea and she went to, uh, she didn't like to be near the water where it's too hot and muggy in the summertime. Yeah, yeah. nobody liked Kui <laughs> Yeah, she decided she wanted to be up a little higher. And so, and she wanted to be near a hospital. And so, um, I mean, you know, most places have hospitals, but she just decided to buy this place and um, she bought it. And, um, and so then um, I came out to see it. And then I, we, we both went back to the court. Uh, yeah. uh, and that went on for several weeks. But um, yeah, so then after that, I came, and so I've been here since 09, basically. Winning, winning races in my age group. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I know I, I stopped, I stopped in, in two, I retired from running in 2001 to build my house because I had this base, it's called a, a cyst, uh, um, you know, where it swells up behind your knee. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm forgetting words, but, um, so I, I didn't run for a couple of years. And because um, whenever I'd run, I started, so then in 2006, I started, I ran a few races and I, I thought if I don't train, you know, I wasn't too, if I, if I run like a 5K, I wasn't too bad. So yeah. I was getting bigger. Oh, I had knee surgery in 04, that's right. I, yeah. I, 
I, I knee surgery in 04, and then I did it for a couple of years. So in 06, I started just, if I just run about 10, 15 miles a week. And so that's what I was doing. And um, now I walk 10 to 15 miles a week. But basically in, um, in 2000, oh yes, between 2006, no, between, I, I spent more time here, but yeah, between 2006 and 2016, I've run about a hundred races. Oh yeah, I didn't. Some back in the mainland, some some here, and and I I, I would beat. Uh, I I I beat. I, I don't remember. The only guy I lost to was some Olympian who came. Who who at the at the uh, down the hill, you know, at the HPA race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guy. So I, I lost to that, and I probably lost to Sylvia too. But you know, I was. <laughs> yeah, kind of. The two races that we have here in Waimea that were, have gone on for years, they're a little bit different now, are the George Hennigan run, which is the Parker School run. Yeah, and I've the, done that a few times. And the Beanie Kohler run, which is the HPA run. Yeah, I've, I've got those, those t-shirts. Both of those are kind of the HPA run kind of turned into a dog walk now. I know. I, I, I lost interest in that. I thought, yeah, the Beanie, Beanie Kohler run. And it's understandable. It's tough. If you as a race, former race director yourself, you know, it's tough to put on races, you know, it's, it's you know, it's stressful. And then uh, the George Hannigan run still runs, but it does, the course is a little bit different. Yeah. They, know, they, they had it, they've done a great job. They've had it as a color run. They've had it as a costume run. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and stuff. So Parker has done a great job of, you know, keeping that race still going because those races have been going, long as i remember i think 20 years at least or so and then you used to do it you still well you don't do it anymore but uh, like you I mentioned walk that one the last the last time i walked it and then well the brewfest run which is i'm i'm the race director for the brewfest race the five five my favorite, that's my favorite race here i've got my shirts i got 2015 2016 yeah and and that's when john akunataki I beat him in a race and say, hey, uh, are you going to come for the next, you know, 5K, 10K? Said, Let me know which race you're going to do. And, you know, I've, I may have told you this. And uh, I said, well, I'm always doing the 5Ks. Okay, I'll do the 10K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He <laughs> doesn't like to lose. Mr. Kunitaki is known for the kind of scouting out who's going to be in a race. before. <laughs> oh, really? He, so. But John's a great guy. You know, super, yeah. his, you know, Kunitaki coffee and stuff. He contributes a, a whole bunch to the... I, that's what I miss about the race. I'd end up with, with his coffee. I've had it several times. In fact, one time they were giving this little trophy or whatever it was, and, and I, I wanted the coffee. And I said, oh, uh, how about I take the coffee take the instead coffee. of the trophy? Take the coffee <laughs> instead said, okay. of the trophy. I've got a bunch of trophies. What, what good are they, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I started giving away medals years ago. There's an organization where you can... Uh, give your medal, medal to a military family and stuff. So I, oh, I started doing that because what- you know, I'm going to talk to you about that because I got a shitload of them. I brought them over from even California and they're hanging in my closet on a hanger. I've got, I don't I, I, I see people, to be honest, I see people who have these altars to themselves, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, if you need that, that's your gig. Okay, fine and dandy. But it's like, I, you know, I don't need stuff like that. Oh well. yeah. Yeah, go over there. You see oh, that? you got some neat stuff on the wall. Yeah, this is the burl. Here's a burl uh, Willis that I made for the Willis Classic. 
And after I retired, I went back in 96, I was 52 years old. We only gave them to the first male and female on both the 10 mile and the 5K. And so I, when I left, my wife says, bring me back one of those burls. I said, oh, get serious. I'm 52 years old. I'm not gonna you know, be winning the race. So we go all together, 5K and 10 mile. And then at the turnaround, only one guy turns around in front of me. I go, oh, I know I can beat that guy. So I sat behind him and I outkicked him and I, I came back. I said, here's the burl. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, I think uh, like you or, you know, you have shown that, you know, running doesn't end or athletics doesn't end at 50, you know, and stuff. Because you were running strong up until your mid 60s, you know, late 60s even. Oh, uh, actually, well, yeah, I guess so, because, yeah, yeah, I came back, but I mean, I, my my times were just ridiculous, but I won a few cross, I won three cross-country uh, national championships. Yeah, uh, when I was, when I was 50, I have a great picture then, it's in my book with me talking to Bill Rogers, when I yeah. won the 55 to 59 division of this 8K in, at Stanford, and he was there giving out trophies, I think he won the fifth, over 50, but I was in the 55, 59, he's, like three or four years younger than me. Yeah, I miss so, Frank Shorter because Frank Shorter used to come and do uh, I know. the Kona Marathon back in the day, Mr. Kunitaki's race, actually. And Frank is a great guy. I mean, he I is, love Frank. Hey, he's a great, yeah, I, got, I have a Frank Shorter story too. It's in my book, but uh, here, here it is briefly. Uh, I had, and I have a picture of him. It was the, see, before the Honolulu Marathon, um, Thursday, they would have the couples run. They've changed it, but, but for several years back in the 90s, it was a couples run. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I went to run the, run the couples run on Thursday and they just kind of hooked me up with this woman who I didn't even know. I don't, yeah. but you know, and so, so I'm, I'm, I'm at the start and my wife goes, are there any, are there any um, famous runners here? Who's just kind of half kidding and I go, I go, no, this is just for people who can't run the marathon, you know, just, and I look around, there's Frank. I say, hey, Frank, because <laughs> I had met him before. I said, Frank, how are you doing? You, you know, you're not running a marathon. He said, no, I've had enough marathons. I said, me too. <laughs> so we take off and we're just kind of running and I, and I, and we, I finished ahead of him. And then me and uh, Evelyn, her name was, we, we, we finished ahead of them. They were set, we were in the first, they, they put our, ages together it was like yeah. 50 it was like 116 yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so basically um i'm first and frank and his so i'm at and so the next later that day or the next day i i want oh, oh i wanted to watch saturday they used to also they had this race saturday down kalakawa avenue oh the uh, mile race yeah, yeah, the Mary Monarch Mile, I think, or not? Yeah, uh, it was because yeah, yeah, but it was it was they had, had world class runners on it earlier, and then they just <clears throat> anyone could do it. But I was watching it from one of the um, from one of the uh, hotels. It was a great view, and come down to the finish line. And I'm talking to this woman, and and she happened to be Frank Shorter's partner in the race. And I, so I'm talking to her about it. And she says, you know, she, she, she told me the secret that no one knows about. She said, you know, Frank, Frank, we've done this. We've won this race together seven years in a row. Oh, wow. 
She said, and Frank doesn't like to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really? I said, oh, I feel bad now. Did he ever talk to you again? <laughs> I talked to him after. I said, you know, I said, hey, Frank, I won. You want my autograph? <laughs> he was giving autographs. He said, uh, I know you did, you know, and so, um, but yeah, we didn't talk much because he was, had, people wanted their, his autograph. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually pulled the same trick on uh, Jurgen Zach. He used to do Ironmans and stuff. And all the, all the people would want to, you know, all the girls especially would want a Jurgen Zach autograph and he would autograph like their arm or their back <laughs> and stuff. And I'd be watching this and I finally started offering Jurgen. I said, Jurgen, you want an autograph? And I'd take like a magic marker and pretend I was going to write on him. And he, he's a good guy too. Did you ever I, do triathlons? You know, um, I, in 86 at the Aloha run, I was ninth overall, first master. I came in and I was 15,000 then, not as many, but I came yeah. in. I saw Mike Tim, the columnist. Remember Mike Tim? Yeah, yeah. Columnist, he had a, a, I used to get the um, the newspaper, the weekly newspaper or the month, yeah, weekly newspaper called the uh, National Masters. Um, oh, yeah. And then he he was in, the, he had his uh, column once a week in the, uh, <clears throat> in the, um, you know, um, Honolulu uh, advertiser. Yeah, yeah. And he, um, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, in the master. Oh, uh, so he was, he had his pen and his, his um, he didn't run it. He was just, and I said, uh, I saw him, I said, hey, Mike. I said, who was the first master? He said, oh, he said, oh here he comes now. <laughs> I said, well, I was, I, well, I'm over 40. Yeah. So, and so he did a quick interview and I was on the front page of the uh, advertiser. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's uh, Jim Gibbons from California, you know, uh, but so then I, I, I was talking to someone uh, who had a, a, a shop in uh, down Ali'i Drive after the Aloha run. And um, I forget, it's not there anymore, but it was like to write in them. Oh, and uh, you mean down in, in Honolulu, though? Yeah, no, no, uh, right here. I'm here. sorry. I'm, I'm Ali'i Drive right here in, in Kona. Oh, so I had a shop back in 86. And I went in and uh, I was talking to the guy and I said, uh, I said, yeah, I just, I, I won my, I won the masters in the uh, Aloha run a couple of weeks ago. And I said, wow, really? We have a, a he said, there's a, there's a race. We have a triathlon. We need a runner. We've got a swimmer and a biker, but we need a runner. So that was like Lava Man? A, no, this was in 86. They had um, in Piaho. They had a Kaho triathlon. Yeah, that was actually that was actually Lava Man. That was uh, Jerry's uh, Kaho. Uh, yeah, Kaho. I pronounced yeah. that wrong. Kaho. Yeah, and that was. I guess it lasted until about early, middle nineties or early nineties. I looked it up, and it was ninety four. I think it was ninety five. Yeah, I did that. I did it probably four or five times myself and stuff. Nice race. It was smaller. The the thing I hated was you know first of course I understand why I mean the. They had the, you know, uh, you start off with a swim and then you do the bike. And then by then it's like almost noon. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was hot. And, you know, I, I hadn't been there that, here that long. And I, you know, in my excuse. So I ended up my, I ran the, um, it was just a 10K. It was, just, it was like, a, yeah. what do you call it? 
but my time was three minutes slower than a 10k I ran just a few weeks earlier in that. Ah, and that was not an easy. That was not an easy run course either. Yeah, because we. I was lead. They gave me the lead, <clears throat> but then I got passed. And uh, uh, but a younger guy, you know, who was used. To, I don't know who it was, but we ended up winning in the Masters. We were second overall. But I kind of felt bad because I think it was a half marathon. That's right. Because because wait a second, I ran nine. Uh, oh, yeah, 19 minutes. No, wait a second. I'm, no, I'm forgetting. I, th I think it was a half marathon. I'm trying. Oh, that's right. Because Keho originally was yeah. a half. And then when yeah. Iron when Iron Man started doing Honu, that kind of put Keho out of business. You know, oh. Iron Man yeah. kind of undercut them. Or at least, you know, it became competition and stuff and uh, they got a bigger organization and stuff. But yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun race because the water, the swim was different because it's out in very deep water. And then the bike ride was up cam three, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. it was not an easy bike ride. And the run was, was kind of nasty too, because it went down into the pit and you had to run around the golf course and yeah. come back and stuff. Not, and then oh, stuff. I remember running back in that race and it was like, it was, that's a tough race. That's a very tough race. Not an easy run. No, it wasn't. And I, I, I don't remember. I, I have the times right here. Actually, I, I've keep track. I've run 528 races since 1978. Yikes. Since 1978, 528 races. So if I go to 1986, I have, let's see. Volcano run. Oh, I write yeah. about that. Volcano run, 10 miler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was always what you would do first is you do the five miler and go, well, heck, I'm not going to do that where we ran into the caldera and then had run back up. And the 10 miler ran around the caldera. So it was, and it was nice. It was great. The full marathon was great too. You know, instead of telling you a story, you can read about it in my book. Yeah, no, there you go. Because Duncan, of course, McDonald was the, was the runner back in 86. I mean, you know, yeah. in fact, I talked to someone at Run for Hope, a girl who was on the track team. She said he was her, her, her coach at Punalu'u. I mean, Punalu'u, yeah. Yeah. he was coached there. But anyhow, um, yeah, um, Great Aloha Run, 8.25 miles around 4401. Keaho Triathlon, 119. My 119 for a half. Oh, I've, I've run a 112, 113, and then I ran 119. I was just because what? they started, I know it just was too much. I wasn't used to it. And I had just run the Aloha run a couple of weeks before. I don't know. Just that I, was, that I was embarrassed about it. I was felt bad about it. That's a fast time. What are you talking about? Not to me. My slowest <laughs> you know, ever. You know, uh, Jerry uh, Lindgren lives over in Oahu. I read about him too. You remember we, we back in the day? Meet, we used to meet. I beat him. I beat Jerry Lindgren. He, he, he in the, um, I was training with him a little bit back in 90, um, back in 90, he, we were, he was, he had just turned 50. I was 53. I think that's about it. And um, he invited me over to um, distract me at the, at the, at the, University was uh, University of Hawaii, you know, over in yeah. Mauna Loa, and on a track, and there were just four of us, and um, so we ended up doing the. Um, it was a three k, 
Yeah. And let's see my thing here. Um, I write about it, but of course, uh, so we're talking about 1990, <laughs> 1995, uh, 96, when was that? Okay, anyhow. Um, yeah, because back then, I actually had a 24 hour run too, as a benefit for the school where you would run on the track at the high school. 98, yeah. Okay, oh, oh, wait a second, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 98, okay, here it is. I, 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 Jerry and I were with 3K and um, Jerry and I were uh, just running, to, I was, I was, I was uh, running ahead of him and then after a couple laps, he passed me. I said, uh oh, I better stick with him. <laughs> so I stuck with him and then with two laps to go, I just took off. I passed him and I ran a Hawaii record of 10 minutes and three seconds. And I was 57 going, you know, I turned 58 that year. And he was just in 50, he ran 10, 11. So he also set the Hawaii record for, for uh, you know, Kamaaina, yeah. but uh, I, I beat him. Yeah. So I had this thing like, wow, I beat Frank Shorter. I beat, <laughs> uh, I beat Bill, Ro no, I didn't never beat Bill Rogers. He was too good. And, and no, I, no. I thought I could beat. I thought I could beat uh, the other guy. Um, another one of my favorites, Jim Ryan, in the California oh, yeah. Mile. It was a California Mile, a big steep hill, and I thought, I thought, you know, I can, I can beat him because I run, I run hills all the time, yeah. and I'm strong, you know. And so um, we go did. around. They go on a flat first half mile, and then you start going up California Street. It's steep, yeah. and um, I just couldn't catch him, and. He 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 was second. This local guy who had run a four seven, four seven. This is eighty eight. So I was forty four. I think Jim might have just turned forty. Yeah. Um, and, he was um, a great runner. Holy smokes! Oh, I know. I I, I oh. wrote about him in a book. He also because he's one of my heroes, and he he was awesome, you know. But um, after just the story. So afterwards, I say, hey, I said, hey, um, I thought I could beat you because I train in the hills, but you live in Kansas. I mean, are there any hills in Kansas? And he said, yeah, but they're real flat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're running up them, they're flat. They're really flat. <laughs> so I'm thinking, uh, so it must have been. So anyhow, I, I think I talked to him twice after that race, but mostly it was when he was in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they oh, all yeah, but... Hawaii. Even Kip Kano, I beat Kip Kano to get into the finals in the National Masters Championship in um, in. Um, and back in 40, in, 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 when I was 45, in the 45 yeah, cool. 49 division, Kip Kano, who won the 68 Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he, yeah, I write about that too. So I, it goes, but, but. Well, yeah. Yeah. We'll put another plug in for the book for sure. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jim, thanks. Is there anything, any advice you want to give people, you know, as a, it doesn't have to be about COVID or anything like that, but, you know, anything about your, um, your mindset when you're doing races, you're doing really anything. I mean, the first thing of course is the typical, it's like, listen to your body. My main thing was trying not to get injured. And that's why I moved from around 13 marathons. And I, <clears throat> and I decided to go do more shorter stuff and speed work. Cause I had to fast twitch muscle fibers. I didn't have, you know, um, I used to call um, joggers, sub joggers. <laughs> But uh, like you're a sub jogger, yeah. But um, 
I used to be insulted when people called me a jogger. Now, of course, you know, I wish I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, as far as, you know, just listen to your body, don't overdo it and um, have fun. I don't know. It's, I think, I think that's pretty, pretty, uh, you know, like they say, keep it simple. You yeah, know, I mean, listen to your body and have fun. Yeah. Know? And, and, you know, if you really want to train, the best thing is, I think, to pick a certain time of day, you know, whether it's morning or later in the afternoon and just stick with that. So, so days go by otherwise sometimes. Oh, I think I'll do it tomorrow. No, no, you know. So anyhow, see, I told that, you I could talk for hours and hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording and stuff, but we'll still stay on. So uh, again, we can do a, a virtual fist bump. Let's see if I can get my okay, I like it. fist ah. up. Got to get up if you can get your elbow up. There we go. Oh, so uh, many mahalos to Jim for uh, uh, getting online and stuff. We had uh, uh, technical issues to start out with, but we once we got online, everything worked out great. And a totally interesting guy, great stories. Again, I apologize if anybody objects to some of the terms that we used, but back in the day, that was the way it went. And uh, it was fascinating to listen to him talk about the people that he met. I mean, Allen Ginsberg, um, uh, Alan Watts, I mean, uh, famous, very famous people back in the day, you know, maybe, maybe people don't know who they are nowadays, but again, Jim's book, you can get it online. You can uh, look on Amazon and stuff. And, uh, I think it's great that people can, uh, you know, uh, buy the book, uh, get the book, you know, Jim's been handing out copies for free and stuff because he wants people to read it. And, uh, I think it needs, needs to be out there. And again, you can email me at joe at uh, hawaiialtra.com if you want uh, information about Jim. I'll post, uh, along with the video, a link uh, maybe to Amazon where you can get the book. And to Hawaii. we forgot to mention that Jim is part of Hawaii Writers Guild. And uh, there'll, there'll be a link to that. And he's also asked, uh, maybe we can do a donation to... Uh, our local school here, Waimea Middle School. So hopefully I can find a donation page for them. But again, thanks for uh, listening to uh, us talk story here. And if you would like to be on the program, you can also email me at joe at hawaiialtra.com because I want the stories to get out there. I think it's important that people's uh, a little bit more in-depth study of people that other than just, uh, you know, maybe you see them for five minutes at a race or you read something about him on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. But again, I hope everybody is staying active, being responsible and showing aloha.